This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Fox in the Stars of ShiningHalf.com. The Light Princess by George MacDonald. Chapter 3 She Can't Be Ours. Her atrocious aunt had deprived the child of all her gravity. If you ask me how this was effected, I answer, in the easiest way in the world. She had only to destroy gravitation, for the princess was a philosopher, and knew all the ins and outs of the laws of gravitation, as well as the ins and outs of her bootlace. And, being a witch as well, she could abrogate those laws in a moment, or at least so clog their wheels and rust their bearings that they would not work at all. But we have more to do with what followed than with how it was done. The first awkwardness that resulted from this unhappy privation was that the moment the nurse began to float the baby up and down, she flew from her arms toward the ceiling. Happily, the resistance of the air brought her ascending career to a close within a foot of it. There she remained, horizontal as when she left her nurse's arms, kicking and laughing amazingly. The nurse, in terror, flew to the bell, and begged the footman, who answered it, to bring up the house steps directly. Trembling in every limb, she climbed upon the steps, and had to stand upon the very top and reach up, before she could catch the floating tail of the baby's long clothes. When the strange fact came to be known, there was a terrible commotion in the palace. The occasion of its discovery by the king was, naturally, a repetition of the nurse's experience. Astonished that he felt no weight when the child was laid in his arms, he began to wave her up and not down, for she slowly ascended to the ceiling as before, and there remained floating in perfect comfort and satisfaction, as was testified by her peals of tiny laughter. The king stood staring up in speechless amazement, and trembled so that his beard shook like grass in the wind. At last, turning to the queen, who was just as horror-struck as himself, he said, gasping, staring, and stammering, "'She... she can't be ours, queen!' Now, the queen was much cleverer than the king, and had begun already to suspect that this effect defective came by cause. "'I am sure she is ours,' answered she. "'But we ought to have taken better care of her at the christening.' "'People who were never invited ought not to have been present.' "'Oh, ho!' said the king, tapping his forehead with his forefinger. "'I have it all. I've found her out. Don't you see it, queen? Princess Makemwat has bewitched her.' "'That's just what I say,' answered the queen. "'I beg your pardon, my love. I did not hear you. John, bring the steps I get on my throne with.' For he was a little king with a great throne, like many other kings." The throne steps were brought, and set upon the dining-table, and John got upon the top of them. But he could not reach the little princess, who lay like a baby laughter cloud in the air, exploding continuously. "'Take the tongs, John,' said His Majesty, and getting up on the table, he handed them to him. John could reach the baby now, and the little princess was handed down by the tongs. End of chapter 3 Recorded April 3rd, 2006.